listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. Welcome to episode 110 of the Testudo Times podcast, where, because this show is basically now about running jokes and nothing else, I would really have rather watched Red Panda flip bowls with the names of the at-large teams to the NCAA (laughs) tournament than how they actually revealed it on Sunday, Thomas. Wouldn't that have been better? Oh, absolutely. Especially um, if you could find a way to, you know, to be real secretive about the bowls, because her regular act doesn't have that. Um, Her regular act, you just hand the bowls and you try to find out who's... Who's it? You know, what logos on them? We, we don't know yet. So that's that would have been fun. I, I would have enjoyed it a lot more than watching the Maury studio audience cheering it. Ooh, right state. Do you think anybody in that studio audience knew what the hell right state was and where it is? No, they just knew that it wasn't left state and that was better. True, true. Well, I, I just want to say I'm glad Marilyn wasn't involved in that nonsensical garbage because I had to mute it. I was so angry at the studio audience that I muted the whole thing and turned it off immediately after all the brackets were revealed. That was, you, you don't see Twitter agreeing on many things, but Twitter agreed that was a train wreck. I think the studio audience was the only part that bothered me. I, I, no, just the, I didn't love the, the first in part. Alphabetical order was garbage. That was horrible. That was a little odd. It was a little and, odd. And also the way that they did it back and forth with Greg Gumbel and Ernie Johnson, that, that's just not, that doesn't work either because you're going to get like, your neck's going to get, it doesn't look good from a TV perspective. It doesn't look smooth. And I've learned that after having doing cameras, you need natural transitions. Every time they cut away, it was jarring. Maybe that's just because I spent time in J school and I was told don't do those kind of like hard transitions without a natural wipe in it. But again, that's J school for you, Ed, having operated the camera. Uh, we have a new guest on this show. Uh, you've been reading his work on the women's basketball team. Hopefully you have. Uh, Justin Fitzgerald, welcome to the show, Justin. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, we need somebody to sound smart about women's basketball on this show, because clearly I'm not. Yeah, it doesn't get covered much, so good to have any input when you can. Well, since it's the only thing we have left to cheer about in a month where college basketball is king, we have to do something, right? And uh, I've paired, I've got it in on the season every now and again, but it hasn't been nearly as much attention as I should be paying to it, although now it's going to change. But quickly, Thomas, let's start with the men. We assumed last week on the show that they were going to make the NIT. Uh, You know what they say about people that assume things, right? Yes, indeed. This is a family show, so we can't say that. Uh, I mean, sure. But but the gist is that, um, yeah, I mean, they basically got, they lost their bid because of, like, BYU made a run in the conference tournament, and Davidson kind of stole an NCAA tournament bid, and then kind of pushed everyone else down, and then and a few I other lost. things happened. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a few other things just kind of happened, and uh, so suddenly... You know, Maryland's on the first four out of the NIT with, like, Belmont, which, oh. I mean, that was that's questionable oh. enough anyway. Boston College played well in the ACC tournament, or won a game. Maybe won, won two games. No, they, they won a second game. Yeah, they yeah, won a they second game. State. Yeah, and that played them in over Maryland. And so, you know, these are the Temple things that— Temple got in. Temple got in and over Maryland. Yeah, and then a few other, like, conference two seeds, like Penn, you know, beat Harvard. And so, those, you know— Enough things happened. Maryland got pushed 
just out of it. And uh, which we're all really honestly, sad. it's really. it's kind of a it's hilarious, but it's I think it's just know, the cherry on sad. top of the crap Sunday that was this season. Did we really want to watch them lose another four point game on the road? Like, let's be honest here, who would want to watch that? Uh, us, because it's still Maryland basketball. Although, I don't know what I'd have to watch uh, Maryland play. Well, A, who they'd play, and B, what I'd be sacrificing to watch as opposed to watching Maryland in the NIT. I don't know. I just would have liked to see them get a 20th win, because then we would have been able to, as Thomas has said for many, many podcasts now, uh, you have a 20-win season, and that's your terrible season where everything went wrong. Still looks a lot better when you go back on and look back on it as opposed to getting snubbed from the NIT, which is what most people's memory is going to be of this season. I, I don't know. But, uh, Thomas, so now that the season of terribleness is over and Lamar wrote a eulogy for this season, it is not like another famous eulogy on the Internet that I had participated in in the past for a website that uh, now no longer does them, which is very sad. Run by a Maryland alum, Greg Wisitsky. I'm talking about Puck Daddy eulogies, by the way, when playoff teams got eliminated. They were hilarious, and I wrote one. But the eulogy was great because it summarized all of our thoughts on the season, and this is the last time we're going to talk about the 2017-18 basketball season for a very long time, and God bless us for that because we don't want to ruin our psyches anymore. So what is the everlasting legacy of this season, Thomas? Bruno Fernando made some really exciting dunks, and then he missed a lot of dunks. This is true. That could have been exciting, but he couldn't finish him. He got fouled. Something happened. I approve. Anyway, that's the whole season. That's the whole season. Yes, I approve. That's the whole season. I approve of him trying to end people's lives as often as he tried to. Really, the whole season felt like you know Bruno Fernando going up for a dunk because every time there's a chance for something really incredible, and really like only once or twice we saw anything actually incredible that we're going to remember. You're very. And a lot of times we were just like. And a lot of times we were just like, oh, damn, he actually is missing, like, all of these. And that was us with Maryland Road Games. And, you know, that, that's really just how it went. That's a great metaphor. I hadn't actually thought of it that way. Maybe that's why you're going to get I'd... a job in journalism right after school after <laughs> 22 months unemployed. So I mean, I try. I, I try. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good explanation for the season. It's a good metaphor for the season. Because I really they had appreciate a couple of that. great Thank moments, you. and then they had a lot of bad ones that felt like, as embarrassing as Miss Dunks. What could you do? But yeah, I, I mean, and a few of the bad ones, in fairness, did lead to free throws and stuff, but, you know, whatever. Well, yeah, but Maryland lost a lot of close games, so. Yep. There is always that that we can look back on as well. He had the dunks against Iowa and Rutgers that we're always going to remember. And beyond that, I don't know what else there was to say about the season other than injuries and everything that could go wrong basically did. But in all seriousness, I think, Thomas, the way we're going to review this season has a lot to do with how they play next season because if they make the tournament and do decently well they'll have the talent to potentially be a top 25 team next year as we've talked about before uh then this season's just going to be kind of a footnote but as i was listening to uh ims radio before uh we recorded this show and they were talking about how this kind of felt like mark turgeon's third season in which they had all the transfers they performed very badly and they were going into the big 10 and he needed to do something Mellow Trimble came along, and Maryland did something, and the hounds that wanted Mark Turgeon fired got quieted for a few years, but they're back now, and in many ways, this season feels kind of similar, or at least this offseason feels kind of similar. Yeah, I, th I think it's, you know, my guess is that it kind of goes down as a transition year, you know, in between Mellow Trimble and, you know, with, with the new core of Cowan and Herder still being underclassmen. 
Um, I, I feel like it's going to end up just being a transition year of sorts. Jalen Smith comes in next year, um, you know, th- things like that. And so my guess is that fans end up looking back on it being like, well, it makes sense that Maryland wasn't as good in that year, especially also even the guys they did have got injured. Um, However, you know, and so th- there was obviously talent, you know, and that, that's been clear all year when they didn't have the depth and they didn't close. So. This is all true. However, I must say, if it goes wrong next year, and I think the expectations, at least sitting here on March 13th, 2018, you can listen back onto this a year and laugh at how wrong we were. But at least on these expectations, right now it's for Maryland to at least make the tournament. Our good friend Dave Tucker said banner. I think that's maybe asking for a little too much. Although, as he also mentioned, Mark Turgeon is the 20th highest paid coach in the country, which I didn't know about until he pointed it out. So thank you for pointing that one out, Dave, and that changes your perception a little bit. But Even without him getting the bonus for the NIT. The $25,000 bonus. Yeah. I mean, $25,000 to somebody like yours truly, it's a big deal. For Mark Turgeon, drop in the bucket. Anyway. Uh, that, Maybe for being the first four out of the NIT, he gets a, like a $10 gift card. To Buffalo Wild Wings? Nah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know where it he would hosts be. His, he hosts his coaches show at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, I feel like he gets, like, stuff from Buffalo Wild Wings already because of that. So maybe Applebee's? I don't know. Oh, that's worse than Buffalo Wild Wings, actually, now that I think about it. But but in all seriousness, I think that this season will go down as, as you say, a transition year unless, unless it goes badly next year. Because then I was more willing to defend Mark Turgeon this year because of injuries and things that were out of his control. But next year, there aren't going to be a lot of defenses for that. And I would rightfully understand why Maryland fans would start to really call for his firing if nothing went right next year, too. But he doesn't have a buyout. If Maryland wants to fire him, they have to eat the entire contract that they gave him. So I'm just saying it it could be a very interesting offseason. There is the potential that players like Justin Jackson – will leave for the NBA. I think it's more than obvious that they'll at least declare for the draft and see what happens. Certainly Jackson will, probably Bruno Fernando will as well. But I would expect at least a couple to come back. But they will have a good group of freshmen coming in, plus transfers. They will have more players that come in next year. For sure, there's a couple of months left for that to settle down. But again, next year is a very important year for this program. And it is... You could argue it's just as important as the season four years ago in which Maryland moved into the Big Ten and had to do something, and Mello Trimble ended up helping them do that something. So we will talk about the offseason for men's basketball as it goes on, if there's any developments with the FBI and transfers and whatnot. But let's stop talking about sad things, and let's talk about the women. And, Justin, this is why we have you on. Uh, Maryland ended up being a five seed. I don't remember what region it is that they are in. What region is it? I completely forgot. They're in Kansas City, but they're starting uh, Friday in uh, Raleigh. Yes. I want to talk Princeton. about how that Maryland was very close to being on the four line and then ended up not getting it. I did not see the S-curve from the committee, so I don't know how close they were. But because they were in a region with – who was the number one seed there? Uh, uh, Mississippi State. And Mississippi State, I would assume, was number two in terms yeah, of Yeah, that's what seeds. I'm thinking. So I would think, what, they might have been the second or third five seed? Yeah, I think the last top 16 reveal the committee placed teams in potential regions, and it did not appear to be reflective of the S-curve. I think Baylor was number five in the last reveal and ended up being placed in Lexington with Louisville, who was the third one. 
So it's not necessarily reflective of the S-curve. But then again, when you get down to those four seeds, they may not be thinking about, you know, who can we sell tickets if they're a four seed. That might be a more, you know, one, two seed kind of deal. I would definitely say that. So they end up being a five seed in NC State's region, which I am amused by just because Maryland could beat an old ACC team, which is always fun at this point. Uh, they're playing Princeton. I remember from a couple of years ago, Maryland played Princeton when they were unbeaten and Maryland beat them on the way to the Sweet 16. They will play them in a 5-12 matchup on Friday afternoon. Uh, what do you think about this team? And we've talked a lot about how they've overcome so much with basically no depth and injuries and all the transfers out of the program after last season. And to get to a five seed is, is impressive and nearly win the Big Ten tournament again is also impressive. Now they have to, as opposed to the last couple of years where they had two home games, this year they have to go on the road if they want to make it to the Sweet 16. What do you think the likelihood is that they do that? I think I think there's a good shot. I wouldn't say, you know, if you want to fill out your bracket, put them through, but it's definitely a good shot. I mean, I think Princeton, they should win. Princeton could do some things that could throw them off a little. They play a slower tempo. They have a 6-4 uh, hybrid type in Bella Allery, who was the Ivy League player of the year and also played on the U-19 national team this summer. But I think other than that, Princeton shouldn't, have enough to beat Maryland, certainly to give them a contest. And then NC State, I mean, I think it could go either way. NC State, like Maryland, seems to pride itself on rebounding the ball, really limiting teams on the glass, and also a tough defensive team. They beat Florida State, who was a three-seed, and pushed Louisville to the brink in, I think, the semifinals of the NCAA tournament. So I think there's a good chance they make it to the Sweet 16, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm – super confident they'll get there they certainly could i wouldn't it, it could go either way do you think it's harder because i mean these are road games essentially but they're not exactly you know crazy wild atmospheres they're they're road games but they're not exactly the craziest road games that you're going to say so do you think that matters a whole lot especially after years and years and years of maryland hosting the first two rounds i mean it hurts just because you know you're not as familiar as the home team with you know the environment i believe they i might be wrong on this i think they're not playing the games at pnc arena which is where the men's team plays the women's team at nc state usually plays in reynolds coliseum which is a pretty These are some old memories that we're talking about here old gym. maryland fans are going to love hearing this they'll remember yeah this it's an it's an old gym holds about seven thousand. so you never know if i'm not sure when the nc state men play in the tournament but if they I'm, could i'm gonna give my my best guess as to i guess it's possible because i'm looking at the hurricane schedule so i don't know but uh it's i guess it would be possible because it's friday sunday so i think they yeah. could be playing the games at pnc arena which is a it's a big arena with what yeah. five to six thousand in it. it's not like a small gym you know yeah Experience reynolds is about you notice when there's seven thousand people in it think about that yeah, Reynolds is like five or 6,000, and I guess depending on, you know, I don't know how passionate the women's team fan base is down there, but if, you know, it gets to a decent amount, those small gyms can get pretty loud, and it's just, you know, you know, used to playing there. I mean, Maryland has grinded out a lot of wins on the road this year. I mean, they haven't been pretty wins, but they've gotten them, so it's not like this team you know, like our men's counterparts can't figure out how to win on the road. They've done it before, and I think Brenda Fries will have them confident. They have the players to do it. It's just how do they match up and, you know, who shows up on what day. Yeah, it says it says Reynolds Coliseum here for uh for Yeah, Maryland, that's what so I thought. That, but 
it's probably likely, but uh, just the way that this season has gone, uh, obviously getting to the Sweet 16 is accomplishment. Uh, do you think that losing in the second round, presumably to NC State, is that big of a deal, especially considering everything that they went through and that this was very much a retooling and rebuilding year? I don't think, I mean, it would certainly be disappointing on the day that it happens just because, you know, you miss on a shot to advance. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't really think it is because going into the year, I thought, you know, they're kind of in the position they are now. You know, maybe they could host the first weekend. Maybe they couldn't, could get to the Sweet 16, but probably not any farther. So I don't think in the grand scheme of things, it's a big deal. But certainly, you know, depending on how the game goes, if they do lose, it'll just be disappointing because, you know, you don't have something else to look forward to that next week, and you got to go back and run UConn, probably rampage through the field. Well, or, I mean, they would play Mississippi State, presumably, and Mississippi yeah. State's the second-best team in the country, so I don't know whether Maryland would have a good chance at beating them. Yeah, I mean... Not this, not this version of Maryland, at least. Maybe no. versions. I, I mean, you never know. I think 2014, they beat... Tennessee as a four with Alyssa Thomas carrying them. I don't know if Kyla Charles is that good, but she's done some great things against ranked opponents this year. So I would never, you know, count them out. But I mean, they got to get through uh, Raleigh first. I'm not, I'm not really thinking about the Sweet 16 just yet. Wise, especially since one thing I will mention real quick. Yes. One thing I'll mention real quick. NC State's second leading scorer is Kiara Leslie. (laughs) Yep. So she uh, finished her degree in three years and decided to transfer a lot closer to home. Her brother was a good player there. I haven't seen, you know, any of their games this year, but it looks like she's done pretty well. She's a pretty highly rated recruit, so, you know. Yeah, she's uh, averaging 12 a game. Yeah, unfortunate that Marilyn has to play him, but, you know, good to see her finding success somewhere. She seemed well, to have uh, injury you. problems here. I guess it's better than well, I mean, in this case. Well, that's the thing is I also – the. Duke matchup absolutely needed to happen. Like, I don't know why it didn't happen this year, you know, because Maryland was on the road for the Big Ten ACC Challenge last year. To me, it seemed, like, obvious. All right, it's time for a Maryland home game. Time for Duke and Lexi Brown to come to College Park. And that that didn't happen. So, well, it could have been that. There was also a chance suddenly that maybe it would happen in the tournament, and then that didn't happen either. Well, it could have been been Duke or Oregon State, too. Yeah, or Oregon last year. That's yeah. True. Well, Oregon did happen last year, so. Oregon State will be a little hard to schedule if you want to have it a matchup, but. Uh, I don't know whether they're that game to do it. Duke's at least a re. Well, actually, I don't know if Duke or Oregon State is a more reasonable scheduling ask at this point. Yeah. That's Women's result. side a lot more than the men because I don't think Coach K ever wants to come back to Xfinity Center. Oh jeez, I we've I think we've let that boat sail a while ago. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, when it happens, Coach K will have retired by that point. I would yeah. bet it. I mean, let, Maryland should play NC State in the Big Ten ACC Challenge next year on the men's side. How about that? Well, I'll settle for that. It it would it would make sense if Maryland was able to do that. They should hold, hold the game next year. And again, playing Syracuse and Pitt doesn't matter. NC State would at least evoke memories for people. So anyway, we're getting off on a tangent. Justin, do you think yeah. Maryland uh, gets out of Raleigh to Kansas City? Yes or no? Um, the, you know, Maryland's Homer part of me says yes. More rational part of me sees it as a toss-up, so I'm going to 
pass on that. I don't know. I think that if they can get, you know, some other contributors outside of Charles to have good games that day, say, you know, Steph Jones or Bree Frazier in the post, maybe Kristen Confroy knocking down some shots. I think it's doable. I, I don't want, it's not like an affirmative yes, but I'll just say, I guess on the record, yes. It's a soft They'll yes. make the Sweet 16. It's, fine. it's a soft yes. It's only on the internet forever, so if you're wrong, people will be able to remind you of it. Not like they will. I'm just saying it is the internet, and people are vengeful and vindictive on the internet. I mean, I said that Ohio State would beat Maryland when they came here in January, and Maryland won by 30 points, so let's be honest. What do I know? We've all been wrong before. I've been wrong about a lot of things. Trust us all. Uh, Thomas, what do you think? You've covered the women's team enough to have a good idea. Yeah, I'm going to lean toward yes as well. Um, Just, I think it'll be probably a toss-up but I think it's that's the kind of game where you know on the road Kyla Charles would has kind of shown up a lot this year and I feel like she can do that again I want to get thoughts I think quickly just on the the tournament field in general because I was watching the reveal normally Marin gets revealed really really early this year they were in the last region so it took like 35 minutes for the reveal to come in and uh the way that it all went uh Justin did you think that Maryland would have been able to jump over any of the four seeds? Did you think there was like, wow, that was an egregious seeding error? Because we've had some years in which Maryland has been egregiously seeded, especially the women's tournament because the Big Ten was bad. Uh, did you think of anything like that this year? Not not really. I think they were in a battle between, I think, I think it was NC State, Georgia, Duke, and Maryland were kind of those four teams that could have had the last two four seeds. And so I wasn't. Georgia and NC State got them. Yeah, Georgia and NC State got them. And I think, because I tried to look at this a little deeper this year, just because I knew Maryland was on that bubble. And I think it came down to that both those teams, I think NC State was just, they played a tougher schedule being the ACC, a little tougher non-conference. It kind of had that, you know, momentum going in, getting to the ACC tournament semis and pushing uh pushing Louisville to the brink and beating Duke in the quarters. And then Georgia, I don't know. I didn't really get why the committee liked them, but I guess finishing third in the SEC is good. And I think they had one more top 25 win than Maryland, I think. But I think the biggest thing was the fact that Maryland's had two losses outside of the uh, RPI top 50 with Michigan State and Purdue. And both of those were at home, so the committee – might not have been as forgiving as they would have say they had lost to those teams on the road. And I think the other three, Georgia, Duke, NC State, only had one loss outside the top 50, if I remember correctly. So I think if I had to nitpick, that's where they'd be the difference. But it's pretty even. I mean, if Maryland had hosted, I would have been surprised. But if they had gone to say, you know, Palo Alto or College Station where Stanford and Texas A&M play as the other two fours, then – and that would have surprised me because there seemed to be a pretty clear cutoff between, you know, Duke and Maryland as a f- as fives. And I think DePaul and Missouri as the two below them. Well, the SEC and the ACC were quite clearly, I mean, even if you just look at who's in the conferences, they were quite clearly better than the Big Ten, though the Big Ten was better yeah. this year than it was. I mean, last, how many teams did the Big Ten get in last year? I think they got four in last year. They had six in this year with two more 
just on the outside of the field. Yeah, I mean, Purdue and Rutgers just missed. Michigan got in, thankfully. Iowa got in. It was definitely a better league this year, but nothing compared to the SEC and the ACC. They were no. just two dominant leagues. So Maryland's yeah. a five. That game is at uh, 12 Eastern, so you're going to have to, on Fridays, you're going to have to not watch the men's tournament to watch the women in Maryland because it's weird how they do the tournament with the regionalization of the games. On TV in College Park, it should be on all the time everywhere else. It'll be on at a whip-around feed, or you could go on ESPN3 and stream the whole thing. So enjoy that. That's Friday, and if they win, they'll play probably NC State on Sunday. Who the hell knows what time that'll be, but that is what looks to be likely. Let's go to lacrosse now, Thomas. It looked like Maryland was going to have a big win, and then they didn't. This seems like a theme, and now it's gone over to the sports that Maryland's actually good at. Yeah. That's that's a little bit of a shame. Um, you know, they had they had a four goal lead um, into the fourth, and they didn't score in the fourth. Um, obviously, like Albany is fantastic, and you know Albany is the kind of team that's how they can beat you. Is they have about twenty five different guys on offense, and then they have a face off guy that'll win everything. And well, Maryland used to have they keep that? the ball and then they score. Um, Maryland is actually like starting to get one again, um, but that guy's a freshman right now. Hmm. Well, that happens. It, it's not going to affect them terribly. I mean, they're not number one, but they're still really, really good. So yeah. it's not as if they're in total disarray. But, I mean, to have a four-goal lead in the fourth quarter and then to blow it, it's not great, is it? No. Well, I mean, no, I mean Maryland losing close games in all sports, it's a thing that has always tended to happen. You're not wrong. So... I don't know what what is their schedule looking like. I know there's probably a game with North Carolina uh, there somewhere. They have they have Nova Villanova on Saturday. They go to Philly. Mm, fun. And Nova's in the top ten right now. I mean, they're not going to be intimidated. They beat Maryland last year, but you know maybe Maryland will want to uh, get some payback like they did with Notre Dame. Yes, I would not be surprised by that. And. Uh... Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll just tick along. We know it's the tournament that matters with Maryland, and at least last year they finally won, so there isn't the same kind of pressure now in these games as there has been in the past. But uh, we'll see whether they can rebound. They should be able to. They were close against Albany, and I don't know how many teams are going to get close against that offense. But we will see how it goes otherwise. Thomas, other sports, women's lacrosse continues to just destroy everybody that isn't North Carolina. Yeah, even uh, number eight Syracuse on the road killed him um I, I, is it going to be maryland and north carolina again in the final you just assume it probably is honestly I mean, probably not because unc was number eight when when they won you know i don't think i don't think the gap is as big um between maryland and everyone else i don't even think the gap is you know i mean and after that there are a handful of teams and, so yeah i don't all, remember who's number two right now and also this year stony brook who you know maryland yeah. came back and beat last year in the quarterfinals they are the final four is at stony brook this year so that'll be you know even more motivation for them to get over that hump if they get that high seed and once if they can get back to long island and you know play the final four or championship at home oh that's interesting i didn't know that thank you for that piece of information any other uh baseball and stony brook also strikes oh, me as like the albany of the women's across field this year yeah, because they have yeah, so many offensive weapons. Yeah, 
I'll leave it to you two to discuss these things. I, I parachute in when I have to. Uh, I mean, that's that's the extent of my take. I, I, I wish I paid attention more than I did, but anyway, uh, you can uh, now talk about, Thomas, uh, baseball and other sports. I think baseball, as we were recording this, they lost on a walk-off to Delaware today after a pretty good weekend. Um. Well, depends on how you define a good weekend. I mean, they won two of three against Bryant after losing a midweek to Delaware. And today they went up six nothing, and blew the. I mean, they they blew a six nothing lead pretty quick. It was six five after four innings, mm. um, and then they basically lost in the ninth. So, so getting swept for the season series by Delaware isn't really exciting. No, that's um, not good. I don't know how good Delaware softball, is. Softball, softball is like pitching as well as it's ever pitched, but cannot hit to save its life. Um. Well, and I always tell the story of the only Maryland softball game that I ever went to. They got no hit by Michigan, so maybe the thing yeah. continues. Well, they've only been no hit once this year in 24 games. but Well, that's not terrible. No, but they haven't played any conference teams yet. Uh, and the Big Ten is going to kind of brutalize them a bit. Maybe. I, I don't think this is that – by the way, now that I Maryland have. baseball yeah. is nine and six right now, I believe. Okay, that's yeah. not awful. Nine and seven. One of those. Softball is seven and seventeen. Uh, one day. One day, right? Yeah. You would hope so. You want them all to be good, but they can't all be good, especially not at the same well, especially when Maryland lacrosse is just as dominant as it is. I don't think you could ask much more of the other teams, to be fair. I always, I always assume sports, uh, especially college sports, is a give and take. Like, some programs are really good and then others are just not, and you have to give and take with all of them. But for Maryland, it turns out, like, lacrosse is their best sport, and the sports that everyone really cares about matters more in the national scheme, football and basketball. One, they're not as good as they should be, and the one that they're basically never good at. So, you know, I, I've always assumed it's a give and take, but it is lacrosse season, so everybody can care about that now. Uh, Thomas, did I miss anything else? I don't really think you missed a ton. Um, oh, there is something I did miss. Bracket challenge. Hello? That I did miss. Yes. Participate. I, and if you win, you get the pride of knowing your name will be read out on this podcast. I just have a question. Are either of you, have either you filled one out yet? And if you have, are you confident in any of your picks? Because I filled one out before the show and I have no idea. I'm not going to take my hand as to what so I think, but I haven't. I filled out some of it, but I haven't decided who I have as my national champion yet. Yeah, no, I, 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 I have Arizona. I don't know why I had Arizona last well, year. Well, I could, I could. I can't take, buy the hype. I can. I, I, I buy into the Arizona hype every year. Oh, I, I did last year too. I did last year too, and finally it worked a little bit. You know, until the very, very end. Uh, I could see it this year. Uh, Virginia just lost their sixth man of the year, basically. Yeah. So that could be a big deal. And I don't know. I don't like Cincinnati very much. They they don't they don't jazz me. Yeah, I mean, but every team I could either see, like, every team that I see a deep run, I also see, like, two or three spots where they can very easily get upset. This is true. And then there's yeah. also the teams that you would never trust in the tournament ever. You know, some of them are good this year. That kind of thing yep. always worries me, right? It's, like, it's yeah. like, I want to pick Nova and Purdue, but they're in the same region, and both of them have burned every single person in the tournament in the past. Except for the yeah, I, that I, they I mean, I can't even, talk here, because I've never learned. La two years ago, I had Michigan State, and last year I had Villanova winning it all, so 
I can't really add anything because my bracket's usually in the trash earlier than other people. I at least got the national champion right last year. I did pick North Carolina, so I was very happy. The only time that I ever do well in bracket pools is when North Carolina is the team that I pick. Like, I can remember when I was in elementary school, I picked North Carolina to win and they won. And then when I was like a freshman in high school, North Carolina, I picked them to win and they won. And last year, I picked them to win and they won. It's only with the Tar Heels. And this year, I, I think they probably end up losing to Michigan. <laughs> mm, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, they USC could. killed Michigan earlier this year, but that was Michigan got a lot better. So that'll that's be, different. That'll be, I, I, I think Michigan. Yeah, is. I'm kind of intrigued by how that matchup goes I the mean, second I mean, time. I if saw they meet. Michigan totally destroy Maryland at home, and not many teams could do that. And I thought, boy, this, this team is really, really good and can make a. And win. then they won the Big Ten a week after that. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm a big Michigan believer. Last year no. I wasn't. This year I am. I think Gonzaga's Gonzaga could fly under the radar and stun uh, some you people would be too. Surprised. Actually, I don't think we would be surprised. Lots of people are probably going to have Gonzaga, Michigan as their uh, elite eight in that region. Yeah, that almost that, seems the like region chalk. sets up well for them. That almost seems kind of like chalk. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, I will I will tip my hand that I am picking South Dakota State to beat Ohio State because I have memories of two years ago and hearing the name Mike Dom every ten seconds. How is he still a junior? I don't get it. I thought. Remember, like, what happens below the top level of college basketball? People play for 10,000 years. No, but usually those teams are like vet, those mid majors that make it are these veteran teams, and this guy is a redshirt well, junior. Be a team outside of uh, Mike Dom, I guess. Well, technically, he's been in there for four years now. He was a redshirt freshman yeah. when he played Maryland, so. Yeah. I, I, I had to go with that as soon as I saw the matchup. I think we all kind of did because we remember that game, and I I certainly do. Otherwise, like I, otherwise, I don't think I'm tipping my hand on the upsets, but I think a lot mm. of people are going to pick upsets that everyone else is going to pick. I think it's the the low seed upsets this year seem fairly obvious. I mean, it's always the, 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 the tiff the trick with brackets is always picking the upsets that no one else picks, and this year it seems harder than ever because a lot of people are picking the same sort of upsets. But so it is, but we will see how that goes with the bracket challenge, which begins this week. I'm watching the 16, the Radford, whatever, the LIU Brooklyn. That was fun. I should say, uh, as I think about the fact that Syracuse got into the tournament, which was ridiculous, and they should not be in this tournament. And yes, I know that everybody other, every other sports broadcaster goes to Syracuse, and they have the name and the pedigree. They shouldn't have been in the tournament. But again, considering Maryland lost close at Syracuse, lost close to St. Bonaventure on a neutral court, what happens if Maryland wins those two games? Just to bring this whole discussion back full circle. They probably make the NIT. Well, that for sure they'd make the NIT. I think they would have been in the bubble consideration for much longer than they probably should have because the selection committee has no idea what it's doing. See, I also agree with that. I what? tend to agree with Thomas. I just don't think the Big Ten... They didn't take no, advantage I mean, of the opportunities given to them in the Big Ten. Ten. They didn't win so, anything on the road. Yeah. Well, it we would have been very differently if they had beaten Syracuse on the road, but again, yeah. like, I probably been... still wouldn't have been offset enough. Would have been offset too much by Big Ten road record. It would have been very similar to what Nebraska's resume looked like, and they weren't. I never really thought they should have been seriously mentioned for the field, but then again, well, I'm not in the room. No, well, the fact that Syracuse got in should tell you something about how the field, and they were the last team in after multiple bid thieves came in. You know, after Nevada lost and after Rhode Island lost. 
So that should tell you what they think about how college basketball works, which it's clear they have no idea how it works. Uh, which do you think was worse? And we'll end the show on this. Do you think the fact that Syracuse got into the tournament was worse or the selection show itself, which was worse? Syracuse getting into the tournament. I didn't mind it because I could tune off in 15 minutes. So I'm going to say Syracuse getting into the tournament. Thomas? Um, yeah, I mean, well, the, the first Syracuse game will last longer than the show did. And you can just turn off a show. Well, the first so. Syracuse game, our interest in said game in the first four will last about as long as my interest in the selection show. I, I hope they never do that again because it was so terrible. But, I mean, yeah. Turner Sports is getting the Champions League too, by the way. And I'm scared. Are they going to have a studio audience for their studio coverage for that? I'm sorry. Studio audiences for everything is almost pretty much bad unless it's for a talk show or a game show. Let alone for a bracket reveal. Jesus, that was awful. And I remember flipping out at, at that. And the internet did too. So thankfully, I wasn't the only one that thought this. Anyway, thank you, Justin. I hope your first podcast experience went well. Thanks. We'll be talking to you soon. Hopefully, I'll be back. The, uh, yes. We will have you on. Oh, certainly more as the, uh, the women's tournament goes on. We'll certainly have you on next week. Hopefully more if they go further. And uh, Thomas, well, we at least have the bracket challenge. And I don't have to find a way to gerrymander the field so that Maryland could do well. Yeah, that would be... I don't know. It's it's gonna feel weird, you know. It's 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 felt a little weird doing this without, you know, having Maryland in it. It, it doesn't feel that weird at all to me because my first two years at Maryland had teams that didn't make the tournament, so I'm quite used to it already. You know, last three years were obviously fun, but now I don't have to set aside a two-hour block to watch Maryland play. I can watch whatever the heck I want, you know, as opposed to just having to sit down and watch Maryland. So, you know. But, I mean, I, I would not have wanted to see them lose another close game in the tournament to some team that they should have clearly beaten, i.e. Xavier. But, anyway, that is what it is. But enjoy the first couple rounds of the tournament. Please sign up for the Testudo Times Bracket Challenge. Hopefully, by the time this podcast has been released, you will see it and you will participate in it. And, hopefully, we get good – we had, like, 400 people in it last year. It was a lot of fun. And I, it's one of my favorite parts of March is trying to see if I'm smarter than everybody else who is still at the site or random fans. It's one way to stroke your ego when you have no other ways to do it. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy this week, and go Terps on Friday, of course. Beat Princeton and then beat NC State.